Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined in the studio this week by fellow consultant, Liana Sangster. Hey, Liana. Hi, Dom. Liana, I had a question for you this week, and it's come up from our, our network a few times, and it's particularly around if I'm going to do some work with a challenging group. Typically, it's a leadership group, but it could be any kind of group. That's going to be particularly challenging, I guess, right? They're not quite on board, or they're kind of asking questions about it, you know, that kind of stuff. And the question was really, what can I do to set the program up for success as much as I can? Mm. Right? How can I work with them to set it up beforehand and, and maybe follow up afterwards as well if we can touch on that at the end too? How does that sound for having yeah, a chat about? I, I like the question a lot because, you know, there is, you sort of hear, I guess, examples of where yeah. maybe people have brought in a tool as if the tool is going to solve all problems or mm-hmm. um, bring the tool in kind of without the context and people are like, what is this about? Or maybe we bring in a tool like an LSI or a GSI and people are, and it's used because maybe we've got some performance issues or something. So it's sort of how you go about bringing diagnostics into your organization, I think is as important, if not more important than what you're using. The diagnostic itself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And because sometimes it's like, oh, I've used it in a previous organization or I'm a fan of it or whatever. Yeah. And so we just bring it in, but not always aware that other people haven't had that experience. Yeah, we forget that we become, uh, and I think this is common for people in our network, we become, we love it so much. Mm. We have such profound experiences ourselves with some of these tools that we forget that others aren't yet on that page yet. And so with our intent, around excitement, around knowing how powerful it's going to be, we might just go, let's just do this. We're doing it, yeah. And people just trust me, like it's going to be valuable. And you could do that for sure. And that can work. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, while we're saying it, it's kind of a, it's a change management exercise to some extent, right, is bringing people in. So what would you do? If we kind of think about it, you know, you have a challenging group, maybe an exec team, say mm-hmm. someone from the HR team is like, oh, I love LSI. I think it would be great for our leaders. They're, yep. they're in a bit of a sticky spot in some relationships and stuff, but they're a tough group. They're a tough group to kind of work with or, you know, they're like quite, skeptical maybe or something like that mm. what would be your approach if you're going mm. into yeah, yeah that kind of briefing from someone and you're going into that what would you be thinking about what would you be doing well I suppose my goal if at all feasible is to create the pull rather than the push mm-hmm. so not a you will be doing this but a how do you create the appetite where this is something that people want to do that think it's an inv- a valuable investment of their time and so with that in mind so I like to think about the work that we do is the how and the what is what they're there to do for as a business. So Mm. everyone is in a team for a reason because they're obviously there to achieve some kind of result. They work with an organization to achieve some kind of result. And usually you've got a group of people that on some level are really compelled to work towards a common goal of some description. Mm -hmm. That's usually right. That's why we have an organization. Yep. Yeah. So we're clear about the what. It's important to position that all of this stuff is just about the how. And I think that's a being able to pair it together with the strategy so that they go side by side is really important. And I say that because sometimes we bring in tools or these concepts without thinking about how might it help us to achieve things. So it's not just a standalone 
thing we're doing over here, this is purely designed to help us achieve X. Right. So it's linking it in. So it's not just a standalone kind of, well, this is interesting kind of thing, but how does it help us in our mission? Whatever that may be. that's right. It has to be connected some, the dots need to be connected. So do you connect that for them or what do you do? That's a really good question. Yeah. Thank you. I think (laughs) so. Leading the witness. So I think actually a fundamental design principle I'd say we all, we kind of go by HS is to create that felt need to act. And so how do you create workshops, sessions, information sessions, whatever you want to call them, where people can land on some conclusions themselves. So I probably wouldn't go in them and get in there and tell them that's, this is what we're doing and why, but can you creating an in a experiential learning where people can identify that the how is important. Mm. And so you might run sessions getting to unpack the story about, okay, this is what we need to achieve. How do we need to be in order to get there and start them thinking about the how and actually labeling it with their own language for themselves first? What's yes. going to make us successful? How do we need to be if we're going to achieve this outcome? What's different now to one year from now? And so that's them creating their own goal, if you like, yes. using their own language. Yes. So it's getting them to identify, well, what matters to us? How will this help us? get there. So what does good look like in a way? So if it's a leadership development program, which I guess the brief I gave you, what does effective leadership look like? And what difference does that make for achieving, you know, this big goal we've got as a company or whatever? Yeah. So what is it? And then it's how are we measuring relative to that right now? Yeah. So where are we at relative to it? And so often in a workshop, you know, one of the temptations in, in what we do is because we, we love the so complex and we want everyone to be constructive and it's to kind of go in and sell blue, mm-hmm. right? Because we know it's more effective. But to your earlier point of people don't really act on the conclusions of others, right? Like you might be right, but if I don't kind of land on that insight for myself, yeah. it's not the same. It's not as impactful to no. me. Don't tell me what I need to be doing. Don't. How would you know? Maybe I want to be saying completely different. Yeah. So it's getting them to identify in words, right, talk about it, what does good look like? But can we measure it? Can we actually set our own baseline? Yes. And so on a, if it's LSI, say we're doing with this leadership team, but you could do it with any of the diagnostics really. You know, what does good look like? And if we're to describe what the you know, ideal leader at organization X looks mm. like, what is that? You know, what does that look like? What are, the, what are those behaviours? Yeah, I think it's important to do it in your own language. But then also, like you said, can it be measured? That's when you introduce, you know, at some stage, then you can introduce your diagnostics. So let's say you are using the LSI or you might be using the GSI with what's an effective team. Yep. So, yeah, the question is, what does it look like? Use your own language, but then can it be measured? And yes. that's about providing, you know, that's when you, int- you might choose to introduce the diagnostic and use that tool like the ideal leader, like the ideal team as a way of saying, well, what would it look like on a circumplex? You just described it for us, but what would it look like on a circumplex? The thing I love about that exercise is it's not Dominic telling them you have to be this way. It's not Liana saying you have to be that way. Mm. They are defining it for themselves. Yeah. Now, 99 times in 100, we know it's going to come up highly constructive, right? With a little bit of flavor elsewhere, maybe, right? But the overwhelming thing is going to be constructive. And the powerful thing about that, because I... I've done it before where I haven't done that kind of setup before. And then it feels like I'm trying to tell them to be constructive. And then you can get a lot of pushback and, wow, that's what you think, but in this industry, blah, blah. But if they've already defined it for themselves, then it's not my argument to make. It's like, here's where you guys said you wanted to be. Yeah. 
let's have a look at the poster on the wall or, you know, whatever, the PowerPoint where we recorded it. That's what you said. Yeah. Right? So then they're arguing with themselves, which is a hard argument to have. I thought it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> Once we see the results, sometimes it happens. So you always, take a, a you always take a photo of those circumplexes just because we sometimes forget that that's how we described ideal leader. Um, that's it. That's your data point there. But it means, you know, from push to pull, like you say, it means that they're pursuing their own benchmark rather than one that's been imposed by Liana or human synergistics yeah. or It's all about ownership whoever. in my mind. Yeah. You know, I feel a sense of ownership and attachment to something that I've created because you could do the other way, which is you say this is what it is, these are the facts, et cetera. But I just often find that it doesn't, it's, there's not as much ownership with the Totally. Here's all the research the that says you should do it. Yeah. It's sure, whatever, <laughs> right? But if it's like, here's the graph you drew, mm. right, on the questions of what you thought would be the most effective. Yep, this is yours. Right. This yeah. is yours. You own it. Okay, so we're getting them to kind of set their own ideal, what good looks like. Yep. What else might you cover, you know, before you kind of actually kick off the, well, I guess you have kicked it off with this workshop, but do you know what I mean, before you get into the data? Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's a couple of other principles that we've probably discussed before, but they're still really important ones around confidentiality and what the purpose is, ongoing growth. And I think, you know, the messaging about why we're doing it, the commitment we're putting into it, that it's not a a drop and, and run, you're on your own. It's a this is something that we're all doing together and we're going to put structures around supporting you. So it's not about whether you are or are not blue. It's about we're all here growing together and we're going to support individuals in their personal growth. And the data is confidential, but this is where we're going as an organisation, right? So we're still heading in that direction and this is how we're going to support you. And so a couple of points to pick up on there is talking about it's about growth. It's not an assessment. It's not a you know, job application thing or whatever. It's about personal development mm. and growth, right? So how can we be, what are our opportunities to be more effective yep. in what we do as an individual, as a team, as an organization, whatever level you're working at, which means, because I think sometimes, you know, I feel like people feel like, oh, it's going to be you, it's going to be sent to my boss or something. I'm going to be, it's going to come into my appraisal or the next job application. And it's not. So it's confidential to you, the person, mm. right? But, Particularly of the individual tools. So it's interesting. One of the things that was just sort of triggering my mind on this is where I've heard stories where people have had experiences that haven't been positive with yeah. tools like this. And one of the stories I heard recently from a, a friend, actually, it wasn't using our diagnostic, but another one, she said that she was cherry-picked as a candidate for doing feedback, but no other context had been provided. And so, okay. you know, like one person out of everyone is doing this. Why, why? Me? Yeah. So you've got this already, you've got this kind <laughs> yeah. of uncertainty around how is this data being used? Why, why me? Why me? not? No one. So thinking about, this is why I think the messaging around why we're doing it as part of our growth, this is something that we're all doing together. If we're all leaders in this organization, we all need to take part in. in Here's why we think it's important to grow leaders. Yeah. Right. Because dot, dot, dot. Yep. Yeah. So messaging, I guess is what I'm saying. Messaging and context can, setting yeah. and all that stuff. Totally. Because you do see that where people, are, sometimes I sit down with people. So, um, you know, why do you want to do I don't know. I was just told to like be yeah. there. Yeah. And I said, oh, that's you not a great me. start. <laughs> that's not a great start. So we want to set the context for people for why, why they were chosen maybe, you know, if it's kind of from across the organization or something like that. Because really it's, yep. I mean, 
it's funny because really it's probably a positive thing. They think you, they want to develop you into a yes. leader or to the next level. Unless or the like that, history but. hasn't been that way. It depends how the history of the organization has used True. it. That's the interesting thing. But True. yeah, sometimes the intent is there that it's about growth, but somewhere along the lines, the messaging hasn't made it through. Yes. So and so got to get that being out really clear about that. So that comes back to your organization's strategy around growth. You know, how front and how much are we out in the front now messaging around growth as part of our approach? And it's then sticking to it with your actions. So we talked about it being confidential. Well, make sure it is confidential. Because mm. if you say that and then it's not, you know, watch it fall apart. Yeah. You know? yes. And sometimes we get that where, you know, the CEO wants a copy of everyone's thing and we say no. You know, because if you do that, then no one's going to fill it out, honestly, from yeah, then on. it's compromised. So, so you got to kind of maintain your principles. So it's often good to kind of stress that stuff, right? It's for your growth. It's confidential. You know, the thing I do add, though, is that your report is your report, but I might ask that people are going to share their insights and learnings and actions. I think that comes to the post, doesn't it? What do you do after to make sure that there is some kind of structure around this? Yeah, good point. So, let, so let's jump there. So. Just to kind of summarize the setup, I guess, it's yeah. getting them to identify the what, their own why, what good looks like, measuring that, setting the context for it, you know, so people understand where we're going, that it's about their development, it's not going to be used for other purposes. Yep, not right? selling blue. We're not, not selling them to land blue. On it themselves. We want them to come to that conclusion for themselves. So if that's kind of the setup, now we've gone away, maybe we've done LSI or done whatever diagnostic we're using. We've had some coaching sessions and stuff. How do you then follow up afterwards mm. with this group to kind of keep it going and get the most out of it? I feel like I'm stealing your thunder a little bit here, but I, I, think, it is it. A crit- I think it's a critical point if you're working with a group of leaders to bring insights together and not have the lessons stay with the coach and the individual, but start to socialize them, them some more. That doesn't mean you need to show your data, but I, I think being in this collective growth culture, if you want to call it, we're all in this growth mm. journey together that it's quite reasonable to facilitate a discussion around what you learn about yourself and what you're working on and have that be a shared experience with your peers. They're the people that can help you. And, and it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a powerful moment, I think, right? Because, you know, it is that collective we're on a, we're all grown, you know, we're in it together kind of thing. Mm. And so sharing those insights and actions just reinforces that, yeah. I think. And sometimes it also... The same powerful about sharing what you're working on. Definitely. I think it comes with a level of accountability. The other things, I mean, the model that we often work with with clients is to have a, a three-way dialogue between the manager, the client, and ourselves. That's another way to kind of, if you like, hand over the learnings and have that person's development be supported by the person they're reporting to. That's one way, I guess, of kind of continuing that growth. And then you've really just got, as an organization, to look at how do you keep it alive? It's often a question we get. How do you keep it alive? How do you keep conversations alive about how we do things, not just what we're doing, but how? And that's, again, that's what we're really talking about here, how we impact each other. So that's when you can start to introduce things like team-based learning, using things like the group styles inventory to keep that front of mind for people and that ongoing learning reflection. How do I show up? How do I impact others? How does it impact the effectiveness of our team, our organization? Totally. So building it into the way you do things. So mm. like you said, with the handover with the manager, which again, as people, they could share their data if they want to. It's totally up to you. But at least talking to the insights I've had, these are the actions I'm working on, the support I need from you, my manager, going forward. Mm. And the idea is that it doesn't walk out the door with the coach. Yeah. Right? That it's going back into the business as usual 
development conversations that a manager should be having with their direct report. Yeah, and then making sure you've got those routines in place, you know, so every quarter at least you're having a one-hour discussion on just how you're doing. Totally. Because sometimes people ask, like, how, how often should we have that? I think, like, every week's too much, you know, and monthly. Th- there's no strict right answer, answer to, yeah. to it, but it could be monthly or every six weeks. I, you know, I don't know. You've got to work out Find the your own frequency rhythm. for yourself. But it's agreeing that and actually setting time aside for it. You know, I remember a manager I had that was excellent at that. So it was once a month we'd have, so three would be kind of tactical. What's going on? What are we working on? You know, that kind of day-to-day stuff. But once a month it would be, how are you growing? What's the next role? Like more mm. like about development. There you go. Really focused growth discussion. And that, and that was, <laughs> and it was nice because it was ring-fenced as this, every fourth one was on that. Mm. Right? How have you grown? That sends quite a powerful message too, doesn't it? It sends a message that this is what we do here. We encourage you to grow. We're setting time aside specifically for this conversation. Man, like you appreciate that so much, Mm. right? Someone who genuinely cares about your growth. Wow, Mm. you know. So it's finding whatever the rhythm is. That's going to kind of depend on a whole lot of factors, right? But I do recommend specifically setting one aside because I think it's easy to say, "Oh, we'll just do it once a a month." Yeah. But then day-to-day stuff kind of seems more urgent, so yeah, it gets precedent. Yeah, to get railroaded into the tactical stuff you need to do. Totally. So yeah. having one specifically marked out that this is the one where we do this kind of conversation, mm. I think, is actually quite powerful. Yeah, agreed. What else could they do? In terms of keeping it alive? Yeah. Um, well, I think that then you're sort of moving into more of the culture space at that point around how do you create the systems and the processes in your organization that enable these behaviors to come to life? Mm. So that's probably leaning more into a culture discussion, but it's relevant because if you're going to talk about behavior change in your organization, you also do need to look at the systems because it's not always about the behaviors. Sometimes we're doing things because there's some, we're being pulled in certain directions. So for example, if our performance is based on beating our each other or each other you know maybe we have a tally board like they sometimes used to have in call centers yeah whoever's at the top is wins the prize then we're we're essentially being encouraged to compete with the people next to us and not necessarily collaborate so you've got to look at those things as well down the track to help embed some of those behaviors that you want in your organization i I think that's a great thought right sometimes i see people do this training course do that training course but they go back to an organization that sends really different messages yeah to about what's actually expected around here. So how do we start moving both those things in the same direction? And that's why, you know, often with our, well, the way our diagnostics are designed is that it's a suite that actually works together, right? So it uses the circumplex across all levels, a common language, because they actually kind of need to move together to some extent, right? Like if we're going to change behaviors of the individual, we also want to put them in an environment that's going to reinforce the kind of behaviors we want rather than oh, man, I've just done all this development, but now I go back to my job and I hear a totally different message about what's expected of me. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's not congruent. It's so important. But I think even, you know, even having the conversation at a team level around how we're behaving, it's an evolution, right? You become more conscious of what you're doing and why you're doing it Mm. as you progress through it. You know, the processes and systems are a bigger piece, particularly for an organization, but there's probably little things that you could start doing even at a team level, couldn't you? Like there are things that you can control. Yep you know, to keep things alive. So there are things you can do in teams to keep, if you want to talk about keeping growth alive, there's that sharing of the insights, but you can probably also do periodic reviews of how the team's going through using GSI. But then there's just, how can you tap on 
15 or 20 minutes either at the beginning or the end of your team meetings just to check in on how are we or how how effective was the use of our time today. So it's about finding opportunities to talk about the how mm. in throughout your work. So a learning so we're not loop. Just, yeah, yep. we're not just getting into the habit of doing things the way we've always done them. Building in some reflection time. Nice. So how are we actually travel? Reflection learning time, yeah. Love it. Beautiful. All right, well, I hope that helps our listeners who might be, you know, trying to work with some slightly more challenging teams out there, right? But I think the keys that I kind of picked up is you don't want to be selling it to them, right? You want them to want it, and that's by getting them to connect with why it matters, what good looks like, you know, that it's about their development, not other purposes, and then following up afterwards to, to keep it alive, right? Because if we want to make it effective, we got to, it can't just be, you know, oh, that was an interesting information and then forget about it. How do we build it into the way we do things going forward? Beautiful. Thanks for your time today, Liana. I thought that was really useful. Thanks, Dom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyright by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.